Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. Subculture. And overall overall badass. Welcome 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 to Kettle Kettle Whistle Whistle Radio. Radio. With your host, host, Dave Dave and Sean. Sean. Halloween. Yes, it is Halloween here. It is Halloween Day. And unfortunately, by the time you hear this, Halloween Day will have passed. And I've got lined up tonight for myself. We get tons of trick-or-treaters, but then it ends. And then the movies begin. Uh, Definitely lined up the Howling original copy right there. Well, it's a special edition. Uh, yeah, The House on Haunted Hill and The Last Man on Earth. I'm going with The Last Man on Earth as far as classics. This is, you know, based on the Richard Matheson um, story. Um, I Am Legend, The Last Man on Earth. Last Man on Earth has uh, Vincent Price, of course, in it. Not Will Smith. Will Smith, I Am Legend. Eh. Action, sci-fi, Hollywood movie, whatever. It's good for what it is. People like it. But if you read the book, I Am Legend, far superior and I happen to like the Last Man on Earth version with Vincent Price better. Uh, it is, well, it follows the book, I Am Legend by Richard Matheson, which is a classic best vampire story ever written, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, well, I got that. Yeah, Last Man on Earth, The Howling original. I'm going with Rob Zombie's Halloween Unrated. Director's Cut, yes, and I've got the soundtrack. Love this movie. Don't care what anybody says. Already watched the original. Um, this this year I watched the original uh, Carpenter with uh, Joe Bob Briggs on his, his version, <laughs> which is very entertaining. I love Joe Bob Briggs. I think it's great. Um, his Watch it on Shudder, him presenting the original Halloween John Carpenter. gives a nice little twist on it and hilarity if you will but i'm gonna be watching rob zombie tonight halloween underrated un- underrated unrated director's cut and trick-or-treat of course trick-or-treat got to visit with my buddy sam 
This is just a, a new classic. In the past 20 years, if you ask me, this is the best Halloween movie in the past 20 years. Yeah, yeah. I, I take any challenge on that, and maybe you'll teach me something. However doubtful. So, let's see. Uh, also, two... Oh, yeah, yeah. Comic books I'm reading right now. I mentioned Avalon, Avalon on the last one. As I opened up the cover and uh, smudged up the signature by the writer that I met, creator Brandon Staraki. Uh, nice guy. Uh, Avalon, wherever comic books are sold. And I've got issues one, two, and now three. Uh, let's see, Avalon. For Andy and his family, living an honest life in this world has been hard enough. Now, in the midst of a new pandemic, they will face challenges unlike anything they've ever faced before. Can this family stay together and alive through it all? I hope not. Because that would be an excellent little horror comic book called Avalon. And uh, he mentioned something about six issues and then some. It's going to be ongoing. Uh, as for what else I'm reading book-wise... Miss Taddy dropped this one off the other day, and I am now reading it. She says, I must read it, and she's right so far. The 37th Parallel, The Secret Truth Behind America's UFO Highway by Ben Mesrich, or Mesrick. Uh, 37th Parallel. Yes, you can find it on the map. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, more like just south of Central America, meaning Central USA, not Central America. Uh, sweeping from California, yeah, it's west, yeah, coast to coast. That 37 parallel, and it's all marred with UFO sightings, coast to coast. Um, yeah, it's so far it's pretty damn good, um, and it is definitely featuring her buddies, Heather's buddies from the show Alien Highway. Very much recommend it. Uh, good book if you can find. It. I think it's still in print. It has to be. Uh, this is an older copy. I beat it up, Heather, but it looks like you definitely had your way with this book. It is a mess. What the hell? The, um... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I forget, uh, one an very important anecdote from our friend Jess Weary on Halloween. If you burp inside of a mask, it is not fun. You can still taste it, smell it for the next good 10 minutes or so, and it's fucking awful. What the hell? The, um... Anyhow. All right, so the guest tonight, Emil. Emil Levin, all the way from Sweden. And um, he's been on before. He has worked for Troma, which is great. Um, he has new stuff coming up. We're talking director, actor, I want to say special effects coordinator because he likes to messy up his own day and face, blood. Um, and writer, uh, director, he's, and now he's a, a game master. He has uh, created this video game, Reverend, we're going to have him talk about. I want to see what else is going on inside that head of his. But Emil Levin, we'd like checking in with him. And he brought a band with him this time. Finnish-Danish band, I believe. I don't think they're Swedish. Varitis. Varitis. It sounds like something wrong with... It sounds like you have a problem uh, deciding on something. I've got Varitis. I'm very indecisive today. Yeah, I don't know. But that's the band coming up. Brightest is hardcore punk, and it's nice to clean out the airwaves every now and then with that. I love I love me some, well, good, good old-fashioned punk, but uh, hardcore punk is just, it cleans your pipes. That's all there is to it. And, I'm, I, and, and your ear holes. Um, Varitas is fun. And uh, the guitarist apparently is from another band that he featured 
once before when he was on Yellow um, These are friends of his. Varitis is good. And you'll hear three tunes by them. I, knew, I think they're on Bandcamp. I believe they are. Um, anyway, we'll get in more with that. But uh, a little lesson to be learned. And I, I did talk to uh, my buddy Emil about this. And, uh, like, as creatives, uh, we get frustrated at times because we see things one way. And in doing that, you kind of shut down all the things around you happening around you. And some of them could be other opportunities. But you're focused on this one thing. And when that one thing doesn't work, you get frustrated and you break stuff and, and you run down the street screaming and setting things on fire. I don't know what you do. But let me tell you that that's not... That's really not the way to go, because if you open yourself up to you know mild destruction and self-destruction and property damage, um, if if that's the way you want to go, that that's fine. All right, that's fine. Get get it out of your system. But you gotta leave, you gotta tear down those walls that you put up for yourself, even if it's people. Um, you know, just because they don't get back to you right away or whatever doesn't mean that they they're just busy, or they don't like your idea. That's very possible too. Uh, you can break through those walls and see what's going on, uh, but move on to the next project uh, while you're waiting and get busy with it. You know, um, don't don't just, uh, I don't know, become too involved with one topic and one item, whether it's music, art or writing, dogs barking in the background. Usually that ends the segment for me, so I'll probably go with that. But yeah, we... Uh, Unfortunately, we miss we have missed opportunities as creators because we are focused on one thing we want to finish. Well, there's you know it's always good to focus on that one thing, but when it's not working out, move on to the next, and uh, you'd be surprised you know how many other doorways will open up for you. Um, yeah, getting frustrated, of course we all do it, we all do it. But um, that's all I'm gonna say until you hear from uh, Emil himself and myself, and you know there's life after that failed project. I guess that's the only message I'm trying to get through right now. And that's as far as I'm going to go. And mostly happy Halloween and be safe out there. Be excellent to each other. Um, and I don't know, get in touch. If you guys got bands out there, um, send them my way. I mean, seriously, man, it's, it's not hard to find. Uh, go to Celebration of Spirits uh, for anything creative you got going on. Uh, you can go to FairlyDarkProductions.com. You can email me there. And the shows were all up there as well. Um, and uh, Krampus is coming. Yes, he is. And so is his festival. Um, there's a Krampus uh, marketplace happening the first December of De- first Sunday in December, um, which I think is the fifth. And it's at Monroeville Mall. Yes, that is the Dawn of the Dead Mall, folks, here in Pittsburgh. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, Krampus Marketplace. Uh, it's going to be horror-oriented, um, but also crafting. And uh, vendors like myself will be there, writers and such, toys, you, nail, you name it, we nail it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Krampus Marketplace coming up, and that'll be the first Sunday in December. More about that as we get closer. And, uh, hey, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. back and bask in the wackiness of Boku Askew TV. A YouTube channel featuring sock puppets, irreverent comedy, bizarro imagery, and oddball silliness aplenty. 
To watch now, visit youtube.com slash TV. Good morning, folks. Good evening, wherever the hell you are. Um, I'm with an old friend, which always makes more sense to me than what time of day. Um, I've got Emil Levin on. Um, are you calling all the way from Norway? <laughs> oh, that's so close. Sweden. <laughs> I know. No, my, um, my wife actually corrected me last night because I, I said Norway. She's like, it's Sweden, you dummy. Like, oh, oh, okay, geez, bloody hell. But yes, uh, yeah, it's good to hear your voice and see your face. Handsome as always, ladies, I'm just telling you. And and gentlemen, hey. Oh, well, <laughs> we I'm trying, our, I'm trying. We gotta keep our options open here. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. We were just talking about the aged and uh, that I am. But uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's fun doing the show. Things are really picking up. And I see that you have been, well, I, in my hiatus, you've been nothing but busy, sir. Oh, yeah, it's been a lot. Yeah, where do you start? <laughs> yeah, I really don't know actually because last we spoke, uh, we I I had just directed like two shorts that Troma yeah. picked up. Yeah, yeah, all uh, possessed and um, unplanned parenthood. Correct. We talked about yeah. those in the past. I, I love that you actually pronounced obsessed correctly because like yeah. no one else have. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You scolded awesome. me. You scolded me back then, but I think I actually oh. I think I might have said it correctly, and my co-host Sean did not. That's oh. at the time. Yeah, it's something I don't know. You guys can go back and listen and make fun of it later. But yeah, definitely worth listening to. And you brought us good music yes. then too, I recall. Yeah, it's basically one of the same dudes doing the music for this episode as well. Or, well, the music I brought to you. Yes. It's the same guitar player. Yeah, we'll get to two songs. Is it pronounced Veroidus? I think so. They're Finnish. Okay. So I, I I have no idea what you're singing about or what the name <laughs> means actually. But uh, I asked him if yeah you, you have like some new songs or a new band because he plays in a in a lot of bands or have. Uh, and he, when you ask for like hardcore music or something, uh, I was like, yeah, that that's gonna be perfect. So. <laughs> It is it. perfect. It is, and it's been a while since we had some good hardcore, and and like I said, that has that nostalgic sound. It it sounds like it maybe as well go back to the '80s in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. At least that's where they uh, claim a lot of hardcore comes from, if not all of it. Um, I don't know yeah. where you, where do you stand? Uh, you know, not to get on the hardcore thing, but where what being not being from the states, where do you feel that hardcore started for you? Oh, that's very interesting, actually, because. Here it's Boston and DC. Yeah, I'd say hardcore and like you know D punk, like crust punk, mm -hmm. started in Gothenburg where I live. Okay. Uh, because we have a lot of like melodic death metal coming from yes. here. We got like At the Gates and Oh yeah, Disfear and uh, In Flames. Oh my God, I love that band. I've seen them several times. Yeah, they're so good. Oh my god, it's insane! Yes, uh, I put my favorite bill right now would be them with Gojira. Oh, dude, yeah, that would be so cool. I've seen Gojira. I saw Gojira not too long ago with Deftones, which was one of the most amazing shows in my lifetime, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been around it, been around, been around music, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Gojira. Uh, what's funny is. Uh, the women in my life latched onto them. They they love those French dudes. Um, oh. and, and something about I don't know what it is. I think it's the choruses, 
uh, the melodies, and then you just got that grind, and they, they, their timing is epic. Oh yeah. You know, but um, yeah, but right now we we'll circle back. We're talking about uh, Varoidus, I believe, is what they're called. They, to me, um, what's funny is I can kind of pick up on what they're singing about without knowing what they're singing about because it's just well, it's always in the hardcore anger. But yeah. the title of the song will give you hints, um, and you can kind of decipher in between. But I, I don't think they care. They're just telling you what they think. <laughs> exactly. That's why I love it. Yeah. And uh, thank you for that. We'll get a taste of that in a little bit. Now, you. Um, so, writer, actor, director, and gamer. Uh, that surprised <laughs> me. Uh, where yeah, do you, me too. Let, should we give them a little, maybe tell them about your movies first, because we covered them. Uh, there was a little uh, pickup by Troma, from what I re- understand. That's a big deal here. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's like uh, to me it was insane. Yeah. Because uh, I I don't remember if I brought it up last time, but to me, when I was a teenager, like you know, as many teenagers, Troma was like the hot shit. Yes. Uh, the it, it was you know gore, it was nudity, all gratuitous, and and still with kind of a political message or subtones know, like right? to- toxic avenger has its uh, yes. uh, environmental things and uh, all their movies actually have some kind of theme to them mm-hmm. and i think that's why trauma has stuck with me like o- overall through all these years and I, would, I would agree with that yeah lloyd kaufman himself too yeah i actually had uh, the wonderful opportunity to speak with him uh, like two years ago Amazing. doing an interview yeah it was uh, you know the, it it was kind of my bucket list like, first of all just having as a teen I was like oh I'm gonna make a trauma movie and then it took me about uh, 13 years and then suddenly well two shorts but still I had made two shorts that trauma picked up yes and that was like what am I gonna do now <laughs> you landed uh, yeah i get that like uh, when when honestly when you achieve something like that whether it's your first album your first book some first time you get published or you know like you're like now what this was my goal you know and these days you uh it's a lot more demanding uh of to make a living out of it uh whereas you could back in the day have a hit song uh when i say the day 70s through the 90s yeah. uh till napster you know there are bands i know that were getting their number one hit song just when Napster hit and they made nothing. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've told the story right here. I, I, yeah, there's a few bands that happened to. But yeah, so yeah, where do you go from there? You landed with Troma. I landed with Troma and I spoke with Lloyd and I kind of went through, and it sounds so silly in retrospect, but I kind of went through a little bit of a crisis. Uh-oh. Uh, because... I had moved to the town I wanted to live in, and I had wanted to live in, in through like all my life, Gothenburg, and I had released the movies, or you know, and, and I kind of had to step up my game. So I started to look at some options for making a feature, but at the same time, my health was kind of in a bad decline. I recall so, those days; we were a little concerned. My friend Erica too. Uh, from uh, Fashion Trash, and uh, you did some work yes. with her. Yeah, yeah. She's a great bass player, by the way. Um, she was very concerned, and I missed the boat at first. I didn't know. She's like, you know, your buddy's really sick. I'm like, what? 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 And, you know, I wasn't a... 
I'm not a social deviant, meaning I don't uh, retain all social media all the time. I look up my friends, see how they're doing, and I missed you, and I apologize. So what happened? Oh, what, what? Do you want to talk about it? Or Well, I can keep it kind of short. Yeah, go for whatever uh, you got. Yeah, please. It, it, it started with, like, some mental health issues. Uh, even before the trauma thing happened, I kind of burned myself out easy to bad. do easy to do oh so so easy uh, because it wasn't my first time oh, but okay. it was the worst Oof. Uh, and I I got really like you know like a domino effect if everything just fell oh, after that god I'm sorry uh, yeah it it, it it really changed me uh, in in some bad ways and some good ways uh, what I have learned from that experience is to really, you know, take care of myself, giving myself some free time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I understand I, this. I, I, I bet you do because you, mm-hmm. you're kind of the same yeah. kind of guy uh, as I am, you know, just like moving along, doing all the things because you yeah. love it and you want to just keep doing stuff. In some ways, it's like a goldfish in a, in a very small container. Um, every time you turn around, something new or something you saw before is new again, and then you lose what you were focused on prior. <laughs> oh yes, that happens to me way too much. So that's called creativity. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's like a curse, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because if I could, I've said this a couple of times, and I don't think I really believe in it. But if I could, I would change the, the the creativity for something else i would exchange it for something that doesn't you know break me down or doesn't make me any money because mm. i haven't made a lot of money at all at what i'm doing uh nobody is don't worry you're, you're you're don't worry there's a club we all meet at the bar um yes <laughs> yeah. oh i would i would seriously love that just sitting down <laughs> having a few pints know, talking right? about misery but <laughs> Yeah, I, I managed to like get back up after a while, and I, I'm kind of flattered and 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 uh, I don't know what the English word for it is, but I'm I'm humbled by uh, like Erica and you talking about it and yeah. just oh he's he's not okay because I'm the worst at reaching out and just saying like oh, hi how are you because <laughs> I, I I don't know I it's just forget to do that sometimes i always feel like i'm bothering somebody yeah right it's so even if you just want to ask how someone is it really feels like you're intruding on someone's personal life or or time Mm -hmm. Um, well on the flip side of that emil um sometimes i have like you step on a landmine somebody's not doing too well (laughs) and you're that one person that opened the door (laughs) and you know they they may have a shotgun Yes, that, that's so there, like there that is that. Analogy. Don't feel too bad. There, there is that. You can check on people, but yeah. Oh, you may hear some doggy action in the background here. They're both, uh, of course, they're awake right now and, and jingling their chains. Well, that's just their collars, really, but they're wondering what who's here to visit. <laughs> oh, it's all the way from Sweden, yeah, right? And not Norway. God damn it, not Norway. Norway. Anyway, but all right, so um, you got over this hump and. Yeah. All right, and you got back into creativeness. Yeah, because uh, it, it's like I said, it's like you know the curse, and I can't keep away from it. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a, another way to express myself, I guess. Okay. Because I went back and made 
like we had a, a hiatus and still have from our Swedish podcast. I was going to ask about that. Okay. Yeah, we, we can go into it if you want to, because. Well, yeah, curi- yeah, I'm curious what you cover there. What do you? Is it music? Is it movies? Or, that's what we do here. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's the same thing actually. Uh, we we try to find the the uh, my co-host actually puts it quite perfect. Uh, we try to cover the things that time has forgot. Oh, and, oh you know, it, I yeah. like that. Time capsule. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we kind of try to because in Sweden there's you know. The kind of people like us are very niche. And there's just a handful of us, uh, and it doesn't get recognized or any coverage here. Hmm. So we just kind of wanted to, you know, here lift something up and show people that uh, in Sweden that have might have missed something. Yes, uncovered treasures. I like that. Um, I love that because I'm sick of the, the things that are popular here. Uh, because they're not popular to me. They're annoying. <laughs> so yes. I, I like to hear other cultures. I like to hear what other people are into. Um, so I, somebody's got to be into the same things I'm into because there are people still producing horror movies. So <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I see another like Marvel poster, uh, I'm going to yeah. flip my lip, a lid, I think. Because yeah, I'm hot I, and I have, cold with that. It's just, yeah. yeah it's uh, you know just, what it is, uh, uh, Emil? It's... Um, for me, I'm still, I still have, and I, I have unloaded quite a few comic books, and that's what they were to me, were comic books, so I could never imagine the live-action version of these things. So I, when it comes to Marvel and some of the DC, I'm very happy with that, um, how they look, and they can yeah. do it. I'm not, I don't, it doesn't mean I'm going to be obsessed with all of them. I was more of an independent comic guy. Like I like Spawn. I'm waiting for the new Spawn film yeah. to come out. That's going to be good. Um, that's a superhero to me. Uh, I prefer that. And I was always into horror comics, you know, and I yeah, like that these things, what I do adore about them is they, they become screenplays and these guys are getting, and girls are being recognized for drawing mm. and writing these things. But yes, uh, the overall, overall popularity gets a little, it, it, it blurs everything else to me. And I don't like that because I don't need that many superheroes in my life. <laughs> exactly. It just, it gets oversaturated yes. and, and just too much. Uh, I feel kind of the same about Star Wars. Everything yeah. Disney puts out now, actually. Yeah. Star Wars is good and bad. And that's all there is to it. Us fans have to face it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it sadly, it kind of killed the the love i had for the franchise right in some ways it, yeah they did yeah for me too finally it's so sad. finally yeah for me <laughs> well the audience knows what did it for me and it was the last jedi and yes. I, I i can't halfway through that trilogy i can't watch the second half we've all rewritten it in our head and it's better um because you can't kill luke skywalker in the second act in such a lame way I'm all for the sacrifice. It should have happened yeah. in three, as uh, Shakespearean as it would have been. Yes. Why do you... It was like Ryan Johnson just wanted to make a name for himself. And I got to end it there, Emil, because you know what? My blood pressure rises when I say I, that name. I, <laughs> no, I completely understand you. We're not going to go deep into yeah, it. Because that's right. I want to hear what have, you guys uncovered. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we actually do avoid speaking about like... <laughs> Uh, last year a lot because Oof. it just it turns into a shit show right, uh, right. but <laughs> well we, we did we have covered like you know uncovered a lot of trauma stuff and a lot of Roger Corman stuff because Sweden isn't really exposed to it in the same way as uh, a lot of other countries are 
or take it for granted like we did yeah yeah uh, kind of because here it really was like an event we had to import and still have uh, has to uh, have to import a lot of things if you want to see them uh, or you know own them in a physical form mm-hmm. and it it just gets too, so expensive man i would think that lloyd kaufman would have helped you out with that <laughs> distribution yeah. anyway yeah Th- that's yeah Interesting. Uh, Lloyd did a lot. We actually got on to uh, uh, an anthology collection. I think it's like Grindsploitation 9. Oh, wow. Yeah, that that's... It, it kind of feels, you know, silly in a way to say, yeah, well, we're on Grindsploitation 9. But at the same time, it's the kind of movies I watched when I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love to be a part of that. Just a teeny bit of that history right right absolutely it's, yeah it's kind of amazing to it me. sounds like and you did you did you landed that <laughs> I, I i try to see it as that because i, I can be uh, very harsh on myself uh, i'm i'm really not trying to you know get a too big of an ego yeah. um, but at the same time i kind of need to actually sit down and look at what have i done and if I look back at what I didn't do when I were younger or what I failed with and then what I actually have managed to pull off, it's kind of insane. <laughs> so especially with the health things in, in mind, uh, I, I'm, I'm extremely proud of uh, how far I've come in that journey. And mm-hmm. I really hope to be able to work with trauma again. And we actually have like, some things you know back and forth as always mm-hmm. you never know if something's gonna happen with it uh, but i'm really hoping that the the feature i'm working on right now it's, it's not it's not as gory or you know funny as a trauma movie should be okay but i think they would like it because of like the theme and the way we have shot it and just, you know, the really true independent cinema feeling of it. So we'll see. It's still a lot of shooting to be done. I'm excited to hear that you are doing that. I wasn't sure because when I saw the video game, which we'll get into, um, I wasn't sure if you had given up making film. But I guess I'm glad to hear you. You're, you're going strong. Are you? How far into production are you at this point? Well, we're... It's... It's a hard thing to uh, judge, really, because the, the, I wanted to make like a, a trilogy of shorts covering the same kind of story. Okay. From from different perspectives. Totally get on board with that. Uh, yes. Yeah, and it, it was a really hard pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed, and I, I couldn't get like uh, uh, the crew with me on that really. So when we shot the first part, we kind of came to a standstill because I wanted to make this, you know, the first segment were supposed to be a really, you know, cinematic kind of short. And the second one would become a more found footagey uh, thing. And the third one would become more of a mockumentary. Hmm. And they didn't get it. Oh, so you're going to make a mockumentary of the previous films or something or, or your own yeah. stuff? Well, I, it's, I, it's kind of a mockumentary about uh, uh, what happens in the first movie 
but it's also a mockumentary, you know, placed in the real world. Mm -hmm. So we kind of blur the lines because I really like movies like Blur, uh, Blair Witch, not Blair Witch. That's that's weird. That's no, it's weird that you would bring that up because I just hung my poster up for Halloween. I switch it out, and it was just mentioned on Black Mirror. They were talking about Blair Witch. So this is my third Blair Witch thing in an hour. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, so something's up with that. <laughs> That just means you have to see them all. Don't just don't play the video game from 2016. It it, it pissed me off. Actually, oh but, you know. no no don't worry about that. I'm still a fan of Blair Witch too. I like that movie. Uh, nobody liked that one. Uh, Berlinger, <laughs> Joe Berlinger. I love Joe Ber Berlinger's work, all of it. So yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. It wasn't well uh, received here. I don't know if it was elsewhere. Well, I don't think it was here. It, it, it met kind of a poor reception uh, over here as well. But mm. I, I do find it interesting. I, I like it. Yeah. But I, I, I get why, because I actually spoke with uh, Ben Rock, who was like the production designer on it okay. about this. Yes. And, you know, it's uh, it's. Book of Shadows is a movie outside their creative control, mm -hmm. and that that makes it an issue when you speak to those who made the first one and the lore and everything, because it really doesn't work into what's supposed to be canon and just the style of making it. Because I, I, if I remember it correctly, Joe Berlinger made like a bunch of really good documentaries absolutely absolutely the robin hood forest ones um yeah yeah the, the, the memphis three basically uh, yes. paradise lost paradise lost one and two and he got metallica to do the soundtrack which was unheard of back then uh yeah so that and oh i know somebody else uh, that did a little you were talking about that in your blog about uh master of puppets being used uh, in a video oh, game sweet. yeah oh of course yeah i read it all um yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't want to confuse the audience, but go on. We're going to get into the video game at some point here. Yeah, this might be the perfect way to get into. You want to segue because... over? We can do that. I was yes. going to say let's uh, let's we'll tease it and we'll we'll give them a song right now because I want them to hear yeah. uh, Voroitis, uh, if that's how you pronounce it. Um, I really, really dug the opening song, and I liked. You said Pandemia or Pandemia, mm. of course. That was excellent. I will start off with. I believe it's called Halberton Hardcore. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's let them have a taste of that. We're going to get right back with Emil Levin, old friend, returned again. And uh, we're talking writer, actor, uh, game master, director, uh, <laughs> trauma uh, vigilante. <laughs> oh, yeah. I so like yeah, I'll just give you that one right now. And we're going to get right back, folks. Thank you. Hey, everyone. It's Margarita from Edge of Paradise. And you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio.
again. Hope you enjoyed that, folks. That's Avoritus. I want to spell it for you. Uh, v as in Victor. A-R-O-I-T-U-S. And you just listened to Halberton Hardcore. And it is that. <laughs> yeah, it is that. As you said, uh, and uh, very kick in the teeth. It, it, yes. Yeah. Everything they do on that album is pretty solid. But thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, I, I felt like I went into like a wrestling ring when I listened through that album. <laughs> You're not joking. Yeah, Emil brought us that. So, And we'll have another one later on. But we're talking to Emil Levin right now. And uh, we're talking about, well, the video game is called Reverend? Yes. Okay. Uh, you want to explain, you might want to explain how it happened and what it's about. Yeah, the how it happened is uh, really the most interesting thing to me, I feel, because uh, it, it, it's, the idea came from me being incredibly tired of working with others. Uh, and I just had enough. It, it was a lot going on. Um, and it wasn't like I wanted to quit movies or, or the podcast or such, but it just it became too much in a very small span of time. Um, and I kind of looked at my options and I told the crew and I told the, the podcast host that, okay, look, I, I'm going to take a break. Just, you know, collect my thoughts, find that spark of passion again. There you go. And when I did that, when I stepped away from it, I kind of felt very, in an odd way, abandoned, but I oh, the things. I get it. Okay, now I'm putting it together. So you felt abandoned. You you kind of like went the other way. You kind of calling it quits. So you so everybody kind of stepped back and left you alone with your thoughts, and then you felt abandoned. Yeah, kind of. Because I know I I was the one like pulling the the plug on it. Right. Well, not really. Just putting pressing the pause button. Right. Uh, I get and, it. And yeah, the the others went away and did their thing and that that's awesome like creative things and, and and i love seeing them flourish of course but i felt that i had to like fight for for every decision i wanted to make you know regarding like uh enter as the horror movie i'm the feature movie i'm working on is called uh, at the moment it's in swedish it's called stig in which translates to enter like in entering to a door okay uh, because I want a good title that could, you know, oh, what's th what's that about? Um, and when I, like, when we really couldn't see eye to eye in how to make it from a trilogy of shorts into a feature, I had to, you know, go. I had to go back to the drawing board because if I'm changing, you know, the first act basically that was the first segment, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to change the rest to work as a feature and not standalone shorts and that's so much work and i really didn't want to do it uh, right then then and there because it felt like no one was listening to me and, and mm -hmm. it just it kind of broke me a bit so i no, that's understandable you're pitching something if nobody gives you feedback you're you that you feel worthless um, yeah. It may, sometimes the wheels are just spinning in their head, and maybe one or two will get back to you after they think about it. But if you're like me and you feel dismissed, you become dismissive. <laughs> That's exactly it. Why I'm do I so understand happy that? that I can, I'm not see, the therapist one. for the stars. That's me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, anyway. it, it actually makes me feel really good that I'm not 
alone. Oh, no, you are not, sir. Mm -mm. No, you're talking to one. But, yeah, there's uh, quite a few of us out there. So, yes, I I know this. I know a guy that's made several films, low-budget indie, um, that he kept kept raising the bar, and he had this really great feature film coming out. uh, With he had a miniature display and everything. He had he had somebody. I'll just say a a certain Hellraiser actor that was going to show up in it, and um, things fell apart, and he destroyed the set. Destroyed it, which is something I haven't done. I don't destroy things I have created because I want to go back to them. But in in a rage, he did. And that's not the first time I've heard that. It happens. You probably do understand that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. Totally. There's a lot of, like, projects I've, you know, built something for such. And, and yeah, it it gets destroyed sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because it's too painful to just wait. To just watch it and wait. Uh, So I'd rather just destroy it from the top and just, you know, walk on to the next project. And... In, in this instance, I realized that I, I can make a short on my own. I've, I've done that a lot of times. Uh, but I wanted something new. I was tired of movies. So I remember that when I was a teenager, I tried uh, to make a few games. Mm. And I have no idea what my brain, how my brain worked back then, because <laughs> that's so hard it's such an insane task when you don't have the the coding or programming brain for it right but i actually did a few tiny tiny games back then so i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make a game i'm gonna try this creative thing and it really you know lit that spark in me again so i I wanted to get back into something but i didn't want to rely on anyone else I wanted to have my uh, myself to blame if something went wrong, so hmm. it, it basically ended up with me sitting in front of a, this computer and just trying to find a game engine to to work with, and that that took way too much time. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, just you know, finding a, a framework or an interface that works with with you and kind of still making sense because i don't get code at all when i see it no i I, I wouldn't either no it's it's such a weird thing it's like totally logical Mm. when you get it but but i don't you gotta turn on your insect brain i guess yes actually yeah Uh, and, and i don't think we have that those kinds of brains but no we got reptilian though oh oh yeah i'm yeah that's the insane part because I, I, when I get an idea, I go after it like a hundred percent, and mm. it's uh, it's kind of insane. But I managed to find a, a pretty basic, uh, but very visually structured engine to work with, and I know that my strong suit is uh, like graphics. I can design things. I, I'm a pretty avid photoshop user and, and gimp and you know art pixel art and such mm-hmm. well that's awesome yeah i that's that's a a skill i've actually developed over the, like the last four or five years wow no that's that's i mean later in life to absorb that is amazing and you're not that old i'm just saying like you know everybody they say you know don't start playing guitar at the age of 40 but you know i i think most people get into what, what you're getting into between in their teens to 20s 
Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think if if I didn't have the the previous uh, interest in it, mm -hmm. I I don't think I would have given up like from the top just watching and uh, guides on different engines because that would have been too messy. Mm. I would just have you know gotten a six pack and watched those tutorials and never made anything of it. Uh, but I'm I'm too dumb. I I don't want to say dumb. I'm too stubborn right. to realize I, yeah i understand what you're saying you're not dumb yeah. uh you probably probably that part of it does that part of it bore you when it comes to zeros and ones because you've made films you know i i think that's a yeah i think so because film is such a vis visceral yeah. language uh and even audio i i love sound editing and audio design uh, because it's still it's still something I can see and 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 uh, if affect like uh, in an instant. I, I I can actually see what I'm doing, but code is I I know that I can break something, but I I have no idea what I broke. <laughs> and that that happened a few times when I tried to make Reverend uh, in in a engine called Unity, but. When I found uh, an, an, uh, this engine called, <laughs> it's, I love the name because it's so basic, but that's the perfect description of it as well. It's called Easy FPS Editor, hmm. and it's it's so basic that I could actually really focus on the visual uh, things aspects, uh, visual and audio, because you can actually code in it as well. But they give you like the basics so you can just start making shit and that was the thing that actually put it put the idea in my head that yeah you can you can do this right and, right that that a lot of that would be discouraging to me if you found a, a way and it enticed you that'd be the first step to everything for me because i just haven't been i wouldn't be i wouldn't know where to start and i'd be discouraged and when people tell me go on youtube and you could look at this you know they'll tell you how to do it i never do that <laughs> I never do it. I dive in. You know, I can't say that's the right way to do it. <laughs> but but I said I, I would say that diving into something is like the best way to do it because you I I would get so discouraged if I watched you know five tutorials on how to make a game or how to edit a specific a specific thing because you're not the one doing it for the first first of all yes and. You tr just trying to like retain that information. That's yeah. that's not gonna happen. I know, I know. So. If you went to school in the '90s, which I did, uh, college, um, you know, they didn't. None of this was around. I missed out on all of this. I probably would have done well on ground level, you know, and and taken it from there. So yeah, we're in like a self-taught uh, world right now. Oh, oh yeah. Like the most interesting thing when I studied like filmmaking a while back now when I think about it uh, our like teacher he, he he had such an interesting take on this because a lot of the students had never like you know touched uh, an editing software before there you go mm -hmm. and, yeah and, and they were like oh are you gonna show us how to do that and he kind of looked at him and we're like that's not gonna work I, I, I can't show you how to do what you want to do because you can learn the basics via uh, youtube or tutorials or just you know throw yourself into the deep end mm -hmm. 
uh, that's what I did when, you know, the earliest stuff I made were on VHS. We, we, we cut between two VHS players or recorders uh, or VCRs. Yeah, sure. Uh, and that, that was such a hassle. But I loved the process of it. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. The old process is always, uh, well, we still watch the old films. And that's how they were made. Even I mean, cutting actual film, you know. Yes. Literally cutting I, I, with, with razor blades. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I love that we can actually watch movies that were made in such a handcrafted way. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and we have kind of lost that with digital, but digital mm -hmm. has also given people like me a chance to make stuff uh, in a better way than I could with a VHS mm -hmm. uh, camera. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I, I took a lot of ideas I had that I want to like, oh, I want to make a, a movie about this or this or this. And some of the ideas are like way too, you know, ambitious for my budgets. But mm. one of them stuck out. Uh, and it, the, the title was the first thing really that, that struck me. And it was, I want a cool, you know, one word name, <laughs> a, a good title. You just rolls off your tongue. So I would, you know, do quake rage. And then it just, reverend there you go okay okay yeah, there we go and and what it's about yeah okay it's about oh yeah i haven't told anyone what it's about really i know that's, it's a, a first person shooter yeah yeah uh, it's a first person shooter uh in in the style of what they're what the kids call a, a boomer mm -hmm. shooter is that right so, okay yeah i like uh, that it, okay Right, I love it as well because it's like, oh, a boomer because you have age, but also boomer because hey, shotguns are wonderful in those games. <laughs> yeah, uh, boomstick. So I, yes, <laughs> I I kind of wanted to call the shotgun in in Reverend for to uh, boomstick, but I felt that's I, I someone else has right. already. It's a bit too much on those, but I actually called it boomer. All right, so, all right, that works. That works. Yeah, At least you didn't go broomstick. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Oh. I kind of want to do that. You can. Yeah. Oh. Sure. Two-ended gun. <laughs> yes. I love it. Make it very Darth Maul. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh don't back to Star Wars. Yeah, we're going down that hole again. Anyway. Oh, no. It's it's a it's it's not that deep of a hole <laughs> if we just climb up. Uh, but but I I really love you know Duke Nukem. I love Doom. I I love those games, and. I, I, I had set like, how, how am I gonna, like, what, what's my goalpost? Because I, I'm not very good at designing games. I have basically never done it, uh, except my teen years. But you know, that's, that's far gone. And I was a teen. So uh, I said to myself, that, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna make a Wolfenstein 3D kind of game in a Duke Nukem 3D kind of real life setting, and that helped me so much through the the entire process of you know designing levels and picking what kind of guns and enemies to have, uh, because it's a lot of balancing I didn't yeah. think about at all. I was going to ask you, how do you even gauge like how long this game, how long you play it, how many levels? How do you gauge that? Uh that's actually that's hard. really hard. I haven't thought about it until you asked me, but I've based uh, 
the the like the pacing of the the story and levels I have based on you know shareware episodes of mm. yesteryear so you could get like five or ten levels of of doom or something for for free so it was like a longer demo uh, and i felt that okay i'm not gonna you know make this into my full-time thing but i'm gonna stick to the shareware model so it's gonna be free of course but uh, i also I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep it pretty short uh, but still hard it's gonna be i want it to be fun it's not just gonna be you know oh that's a nice doom clone no 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 no. i I need to have something that feels uh, both good to play and i want it to to look really good and since graphics might be my only great thing when it comes to gaming I, i i not 3d I'm the worst 3D modeler ever. <laughs> uh, I, I decided to, you know, stick with like sprites, 2D sprites. So I'm having to animate every like movement uh, an, a, a, an enemy or a gun makes. Hmm. That's tedious. Yeah. And um, if I, that, that's yeah. one of the things, you know, if I had thought about how much I had would have to <laughs> animate before I, I decided to make this, I probably wouldn't have done this. Right, hence discouragement. That's where I, I'm, I probably would have stopped there, but you shouldn't. Uh, you're already in, so I want, I want to see this this outcome. I, I The way I look at it, because you're already a writer, you know how to produce, um, it, it, to create a story. Um, you know, there's a, a beginning, there's the middle, and then there's the end. Um, I would look at gaming, uh, what you're doing, like uh, you take a Dungeons and Dragons module, okay, very analog, you got the booklet, you got the map, you got the story. So do you keep it like a module, like, uh, you know, it it should take, if you guys play for six hours in a night, you may complete it. Otherwise, yeah, this could go on for a couple of weeks, because I'm going to play maybe an hour a day, maybe two hours, you know. Uh, But is it like that? You look at it as, uh, you know, like a module of a game. Um, like like a board game even, but you it, like but you have to extend it somehow and keep them um, interested. The, yeah, so you're I directing again. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the funny part. It's it's so it's so much directing, but no one can argue with me. So yeah. except the engine, <laughs> the engine really fucking hates my guts sometimes, you know. But I'm backing up everything all the time, so it's it's fine. Um, well, it, it's kind of. Uh, modular because I want people to sit down and be able to play through it in maybe one hour really I want it to to be yeah you know tight and fun like a a, an easy board game that's nice that's uh, rare Uh, at least that's what discouraged me becoming an adult Uh, watching (laughs) (laughs) watching these kids play and my god like I they're in deep I don't know that I could even ask them how to show me that Um, I always had the, the the bad luck of having the friend that was the expert that would make you watch him play for a long time and then I didn't want to play (laughs) yeah I totally get you yeah so I got discouraged early but yeah but I did grow up in the era of it. Uh, Nintendo was the king at the end of the '80s, yes. you know. Uh, so yeah, I'm no stranger to it. But I still love. I have a friend that you know builds and collects these stand-up arcade games, and I love playing those. They're fun still, yeah. for me. Yeah, you, I'm collecting, you know, old Atari 2600 games. Oh really? Damn! I wish I still yes. had my collection of those. Oof. 
Oh, yeah, they're yeah. long gone. I would I would just send them to you. Uh, oh, that's the, yeah. Yeah, right now it's the, the, Xbox, PlayStation. I got a bunch of those, and uh, I'm eBaying some of those. <laughs> yeah, and it's so interesting because gaming has become so so much more you know intricate and and, and engaging in some ways. Social. Mm-hmm. Social, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that as well. And to me, it's 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 a bit too much to me personally. Okay, I get that. Yeah, I I love you know to sit down with an Atari game and you know it's a joystick and it's a button. Boom. When Simplify, I pick up, yes. I, yeah, because if I pick up a PlayStation controller, while I love I love my PlayStation Four a lot, like okay. Bloodborne is. I I actually have a tattoo of a Bloodborne. Thing oh yes, on my you arm do. Now. Yes, you do. I see that. Yeah, uh, because that that game is one of the best games ever. Like, no joke. Nice. Uh, but when I pick up a controller and there's, you know, well, press this button and this button and you're going to have a sub menu and you're going to have to like pick and choose and then you're going to open another sub menu while doing that. But no, no, I, that's I'm out. My brain, it's just my brain just short circuits. <laughs> Even so. looking at the controller, I'm intimidated because, you know, all those buttons are important. And I don't yes. want to use them all. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the, the uh, thing. I I've, I don't want to have a master's degree in controlling <laughs> to be able to play a game. Because then you'd have a master's degree in something else if you want to spend that kind of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so simplifies your game, which I like. I like the yeah. idea. That, that's, that was very important to me. Just a pick up and play game for for the boomers, I guess. Cool. Cool. So, yeah. Well, uh, um, I want to take a quick break here, and we're going to get into the meat of Reverend here. Um, and we'll get right back. I want to play another uh, a variety song. Uh, we're going to go with Pandemia or Pandemia um, just because I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you do too. That was your pick, I believe. And it's so good. Uh, we're going to get right back with our guest, Amiel Levin. We're talking games and horror, folks. Don't forget that. But music first. Here we go. We'll get right back. Things best left unseen. 
With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. We're back with Amir Levin. I hope you just enjoyed listening to Varitas, who Amir Levin just introduced me to this band, hardcore band. Uh, and where are they from? Uh, I think it's like Sweden and Finland. Okay, that's what you said. Okay, I just want to men make a mental note of that. We were just discussing uh, saving our work. <laughs> uh, yes. Being both podcasters, you know, you're basically you're capturing a moment in time. A lot of people don't see it that way. People used to ask me why I would c collect cassettes uh, of recordings. I would record my family at Thanksgiving dinner. I would record when people didn't know I was recording, which isn't exactly a great thing to do. But I was, you know, under the age of 15, pretty uh, innocent. But you're recording a moment in time. To me, that's priceless, like a time capsule. And when things go awry, which they did here, if you listen to one, when I, our comeback episode or two, we had Heather in the studio and Sean, um, and lightning struck several times, and uh, you could hear it. We didn't lose that one, thank God. But I did lose a whole episode once, and I was able to retrieve it in five-second bits for an hour and a half episode if you can imagine putting that together oh no and because yeah because it was one of my first big interviews from uh and she it was uh coburg now uh is the name of her band uh she was from the uk and i was very green at the time i didn't want to lose it so i retrieved it but you were saying oh my god well you just told me that's why i wanted to start off with this you said you had an interview and it, you lost yeah that that interview we that it hurt me bad Oof. when we lost that we we actually i'm gonna be honest we managed to like reschedule and do another one okay uh, he he well it doesn't matter if i tell who it is it's it's a uh, bj mcdonald who have like shot a whole bunch of like a-list movies mm. and he directed hatchet three yes. Uh, Studio 666, yes. uh, 666 okay. and uh, <laughs> like Slayer's Kilogy music videos. Yep. And he, he's like the most wonderful dude. That's so awesome. freaking chill. He and his wife, Adrian, is like the, the coolest people ever. Uh, so when I said that, yeah, that uh, technical difficulties, which it was out of my hands, sadly. Oh, boy. So yeah. I, I, well, yeah. It happens. Uh, but but we, I know the pain. I know the pain. It's it's such yeah. It's so painful. That's why I haven't done a lot of interviews really uh, last couple of years now. I guess because it just it's just too painful when it doesn't work out. And I had a, such a bad technical uh, difficulties back then. So I uh, now it should be fine. But you know, it's still scared. Oh, I understand. It could happen at any time. 
Mm-hmm. It really can. It's very, that's, yeah, you roll the dice. I don't care who you are. I've talked to everybody. You're using Pro Tools or not. Sometimes there are glitches. There are haunted programs out there, and they'll they'll decide for you. <laughs> Uh, and I've talked to a lot of great producers and, and, you know, whether they're podcasters, movie makers, musicians, something always goes astray when you're dealing with technology. But let's hope it doesn't happen with Reverend, your video game. Uh, what is the synopsis of it? Well, it's a very simple plot because, you know, I'm making it for fun and like a homage. So don't expect anything original. But, you know, <laughs> the world's gone to shit. Yes, it has. Um, oh, the game. Okay. Oh shit! Yeah. Sorry, it really I, has. Uh, I, I, it almost feels like the world I have created in Reverend is far better. <laughs> in, in a way, uh, it's it it scares me. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's uh, it's demons and hell. But I've taken my own little twist on it. Hmm. So you're playing as a nameless ex-reverend really uh, but he's like taking care of uh, this is the story I haven't really talked about the story openly before but he takes care of the cemetery and such he's more like a, a handyman now mm. he lost his faith down the line and I'm actually gonna put a lot of the story in in a fake manual I'm making so you oh. can read it if you want to, like, you know, the old NES games that we talked about before. Yeah, a little companion with it, sure. Yeah, nice. I, I really love that idea. I don't yeah. want to force the story. It, since it's a shooter, a fast-paced shooter, I don't want to force the story in your face. But if you want to read up on it, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like, I like that aspect of it. And it turns out that it's not, you know, the devil or fiery hell it's more like uh, a, another dim- dimension of like Lovecraft eldritch proportions that's ah, slowly it. swallowing the world kind of so with each level you're gonna notice more and more like out outer worldly uh, environments and, and kind of enemies and details and I really love to design that uh, world so I'm really excited to, to show people, show it off. But, I, I you know, still, I'm, I'm trying to keep it under wraps as much as I can. But since yeah, this I've isn't really, the best way to keep it under wraps, <laughs> well, it's more like not making people as excited as I see what I you're saying. hope they would be. Yeah, I, no, I do get that. I get that. I do. But you know what? Uh, there's also a certain amount of pride you need to put. It. You've been working hard. Oh, I've, yeah, because I'm I don't. I have no idea how to make a game. Oh, well, rather, I didn't when I started <laughs> to now do this. Uh, and I've redesigned a lot. And the, uh, a big part of me is horror still, of yeah. course. Yeah. So I'm I'm having to work some horror in. I, I couldn't, you know, escape it if I tried, I think. So with each level, you know, it kind of starts off a bit funny. Oh, well, look, it's like possessed baby lamps. Well, lamps, I guess. Oh, I'm going to blow them to pieces. And then we get like further down and everything gets more dark. And I'm actually using uh, like sound fonts and samples from Doom 64 because it's a very moody, uh, ambient soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm trying to rework some samples from that into a, a much more sinister kind of soundtrack than, you know, Master of Puppets, Metallica, 
in in uh, Doom. Right. And, yeah, I saw that. You yeah. oh, you put OST uh, original soundtrack. Uh, yeah. That's what you're going for. Um, I, I I was reading a lot about what you what you're doing there, uh, you, Reverend. Uh, there's a quote there: a Doom clone from the mid '90s, a Doom of clone, a Doom clone basically, uh, first person shooter. And, and you're talking about Robert Prince was a composer for hire for Doom One, Two, and Wolfenstein. But you went. Yeah. Did you you worked with them? But then you went a different route with Aubrey Hodges. Yeah, because. Uh, Bobby Prince's soundtrack is iconic for the FPS genre. Uh, it, it's you know teething on on like copyright infringement, and, uh, and, and I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Okay. Yeah, it, it's so awesome because he was like an entertainment lawyer and knew how how far he could push it. I have never nice. spoken to the guy, but I admire him to a like a, a, a different level as a creative. Uh, but I also admire what. Uh, Aubrey Hodges did, and I don't know why, but when they ported Doom to uh, the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation, and among others, uh, they like changed the soundtrack, and instead of ripoff of famous rock and punk and metal songs, it's a, a very much a, a scary ambient, moody, moody, yeah, mm-hmm. soundtrack. It's it, way more like a, a wallpaper. Yeah. than a, a song. Uh, so for, uh, I had a really hard <laughs> decision to make. Should I go with, you know, MIDI editions of famous songs, like rock songs, or should I do the moody thing? Right. But I came up with a compromise that I'm kind of happy with, and uh, I'm doing the this level soundtracks as ambient moody music, uh, and the bosses, it's going to be four bosses in, in this uh, first rendition of Reverend. Uh, and all of those are going to have like their own really badass kick-ass songs. Uh, and hopefully, this is uh, uh, first, I guess, uh, the, the music that's going to be made by the guitarist from uh, today's band. Oh, okay. Um uh, I, I just I, I I was playing on this because uh, I, I was reading up on it, but you, you replaced like you said replaced melodies for moody sounds of dread. I love that because sometimes the sounds themselves pulled me into a game. So yeah, yes, yeah, I, I like the idea, and I can't wait to see the outcome of this. Actually, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, what's the next I'm, step? I'm, where, where were you going? I'm I'm having a, uh, you know like a roadmap, and the the we, I managed to re- release the the beta like two weeks ago, I guess. Uh-huh. And so so anyone can like search for Reverend on the website itch.io and pull down the beta and play it. Now, that beta is hard as shit because we didn't balance that at all. It was me and a friend who like, you know, tried it out and we kind of got blind to the fact that oh we know where every secret is and we know where every enemy is so we just i just threw in a bunch of new enemies and no one has been able to beat it so sorry about that but uh, i'm hoping for a like christmas release because i find it so fun if i could release a game called reverend around christmas it's just <laughs> oh it would be so hilarious are you well is that the goal you're going to be done that quickly you talk about like a year from now 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pushing myself to release it this Christmas. Cool. Yeah, and I, I, I found a perfect like quote about that, uh, and it's necessity is the mother of innovation mm-hmm. or invention. Yeah, because I really hate that I say the word because so much. <laughs> it's uh, I need to pressure myself and work under a deadline when I'm making something on my own. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm just gonna, you know, push it and I'm gonna get so ambitious and then I'm gonna burn out. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm facing that myself. I created a deadline by Halloween to have this next book out and it's done, it's finished, it's in the can. Yes. Uh, yeah, but, but here's the thing that I neglected was promotion and now I'm, I'm waiting on some uh, reviews um, and somebody is writing the forward for me. Um, cool. yeah. And some, um, you know, blurbs, you know, you got to put stuff on the back of the book to entice people. And so some other people that are, we'll just say, um, more achieved than I are, are reading it right now. So, and now, so I'm back on the waiting, uh, it's not Halloween yet, so I'm going to still possibly make my deadline. So you think you're going to get this out like before Christmas for Christmas shoppers type of thing? <laughs> Well, for for the sheepskates of Christmas shoppers, <laughs> uh, there you but, go. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I don't want to charge people for my first uh, game, really. I, I I don't. This is a It's more of an experiment to for myself, uh, kind of to prove that I can do things by myself. Uh, <laughs> it kind of really broke my faith or I guess uh, when when we made enter that first part of the feature uh-huh. uh, it kind of put me on a weird kind of it put me in a weird place since no one listened to me and this wasn't just because of that movie but it, it really came to a yeah a point there Mm-hmm. Where I felt that if no one listens to listens to me, why why aren't they? Mm. Uh, am I that bad at explaining things? Am I that bad at doing things? So Reverend wasn't just born from you know, oh fuck you guys, I'm gonna make something by myself. It was really more of a, can you make something by yourself? Mm. And, I, I get that. I understand. Yeah. But I'd say that the proof is kind of in the pudding. Uh, hopefully, Christmas pudding. We'll see. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm playing it and having a lot of fun, but I'm also very nervous. And I, I don't think it's gonna make you know, it, it's not gonna get played by a lot of people. But I'm kind of shocked that so many many people find find it on itch. Uh, okay. Because it's so many games out there, and I've had about fifty people or something trying the beta. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I guess you know when when you're like up, uh, updating or uploading your game, it's gonna go on the front page for a while. I guess I found like a sweet spot in in you know the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when I did so yeah I'm happy well you, yeah you don't have to be a brain surgeon to know that um, you, you have to what makes yours authentic to catch that eye for the gamer because they're so fickle but they will stand behind something forever if they like it 
you cannot you can never put a video game down in the mind of a gamer that is uh, that already completed it <laughs> and they're going waiting yeah. for the sequel you you can never you can't i've never heard someone say i didn't like that boss that boss was stupid i you don't hear things like that you know like you do with movies you know yeah. Um, like that part, that scene was stupid. You hear that all the time. That actor was terrible. But in a video game, you kind of don't. Uh, maybe you can. They don't even judge the music. They don't even know why they're liking it sometimes. And we know because you're going to get people. Obviously, you're concentrating on people that like soundtracks. So um, I don't know. How do you make your game authentic and catch that eye? I, I guess the most boring answer I could give is also the truest uh, to me, at least. I, I really wanted to make something that reminded me of why I love some Yankee-ass games. That's per, a perfect answer. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, digitized graphics. I've, I have shot myself so many times in that game uh, since I wanted to make everything myself. Well, I'm going to dress up in different kind of clothing and then, you know, shoot myself, well, film myself, I guess, uh, against the wall. And then I'm going to take stills from that and animate you know every frame in a more pixelated posterized form that fits the engine and the aesthetic of you know duke nukem 90s shooter more almost more like tech war which scares okay. the shit out of me now when i realize <laughs> what i'm saying are you talking about taking uh putting yourself images of you in there yeah. Okay. Um. That's cool, folks. If, for people that don't know, uh, Emil has no. Emil has no problem th making himself look like spaghetti thrown against the wall. <laughs> I I really don't. He really. Doesn't. I have so many f films or all well, shorts and and images of me being gored up and such. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, it is. It's great though, and and looks good. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. I, we actually used. Well, I actually used a. Uh, uh, a still from a, a a shot we did like a really close up of a ham being ripped apart for a, a short we did last year I think. Wow. Never. Yeah. Uh, and it's you know a pink ham, so I took that and I threw that in to my editing software and just you know pixelated it and such. So when one of the enemies that I'm playing in the game uh, or playing yeah you know it's a picture of me going around with a hammer and when I wanted like a gory death because hell, I love that part of horror. Uh, I just placed the ham uh, images of, uh, instead of my head on top of that picture, and it just it goes with a oh, pop, uh, noise and then just gory ham all over. And it's so much fun. There's your angle. That's it. So you're gonna you're gonna you won't be the first horror director to make a, a, a game, but is that gonna be your angle using some realism and special effects that you use in movies into the game? Oh yeah, that's yeah, your that's, hook. That's, okay, I, I, that's perfect. Yeah, that's that's the hook of it. That would get me. Yeah, I I think I hope you're gonna love it yeah. because if you love it, I have succeeded. Well, I'm gonna get that's my friends into it. Well, you'll have, you know you should, you should put that sample that you have on your page. Put on the kettle whistle radio page, and uh, oh. so they know something's coming. Because um, I started looking at it, and I was why was that you playing it? I think. Yeah, uh, it's a short teaser showing off yeah. like the first levels. It's pre-alpha. I, I could actually like make a new 
uh, teaser and just make it kind of a uh, kettle whistle exclusive. Whatever you, know? you want, man. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, you can either you know just put it on the page or you know send it to me and I'll play. I'll put it up there. Put it in Messenger. No problem at all. Uh, yeah, I like to promote Thanks. these things. I like to give the visual to the audio here what we're talking about. And you know if somebody has something. I'll put it up there. So please do that. Um, how far along are you now? Are you more than halfway? Oh yeah, I, I'd say I'm. You know, like seventy-five percent there. Okay. Uh, but it's the the last twenty-five percent that I'm scared of, <laughs> because ah. you know it's the finishing part. You are part. right. It's yes, one hundred percent correct. Yeah, but you can you could play it from not not the version that's up now because it's outdated by now, but the the build I'm playing when I'm testing things I could play it from first level to last level without a hitch, kind of. But you know, it, some graphics aren't done and some level design are kind of finicky. Uh, I, I'm using a lot of animated textures. For you know walls and such as mm -hmm. the, the further we go into my fleshy version of hell <laughs> and the engine are, it's, it's kind of struggling with it and I'm, I need to figure out how to make the, the boss the last boss arena to be you know both awesome but also not breaking <laughs> the engine Yes. Uh, but yeah, we're we're getting there. You're, you're talking. You know, it's funny because um, I do talk to a lot of musicians. Uh, the hardest thing, and for all writers, is deciding where the end point is. When do I end this song? When do I end it? How do I end it? And there is no ending to a song. Can keep going. Like your video game could go on. You set it up for the sequel, or you know, you, you just you know, it's it's all there in front of you. You got it, but you do have to find that point. Give them some kind of, kind of satisfaction. Uh, a case in point, I would say, and this is a funny, not really a funny one, a band I used to follow a lot was Seven Dust back when, uh, earlier Seven Dust. I like the first record. Um, there's a song called Black on it, which is probably one of my favorites. And I've seen them, I've met them, wonderful guys. But at the end of the song, they go into the heavy riff, and the riff just fades away. Lots of metal bands have done this. It's it's like the most intriguing hook of the song itself, this riveting riff. They, and it just goes to silence. KMFDM has done that many times because um, the song doesn't end. They, and live, you see them live, they may just go with that riff for another two minutes while they're thanking everybody for coming out, you know? Yeah. Um, a good song doesn't have to end. So, But you do have to draw the line for people to use <laughs> and listen, you know? Nobody's going to listen to a 10 to 20-minute song. <laughs> they may oh, play yeah. a video game that long, but what? how do you decide to end it? Yeah, well, I, I guess that's the same thing when you're writing a book because... Yeah, yeah. Uh. Like, yeah. How am I gonna wrap this up? Yeah, uh, and I luckily I knew I had like two or three endings in mind, and I knew what the last boss would be, hmm. and I kind of designed that I'm I'm not gonna show that I I might sh show you because I'm really satisfied with the look of it. Cool, but I want you know to give it like a oh fuck moment when you get to that boss <laughs> and if I manage to make that like that bam uh, that impact on a player I, I can't you know oh, here's another level no, no 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 we're gonna have to end it with a bang there you go so I, I knew that and I had four bosses in mind and that's I had to like put my foot down because it was so much lore that just oh I can make this and this cool thing and be like yeah okay you EML you go and write that 
Emil, who's going to make the game, he can actually make the game. Yeah. You can go away and fantasize. <laughs> go away. Uh, yeah, I, mm, I had an idea, but I probably should tell you off air. Uh, yeah, I, but I was, I was always um, intrigued by watching a gamer play and not being the least about impressed with the boss in front of him, where I'm looking at the creature with the, you know the whips, chains, and guns, and knives, swords, you name it, and teeth, and I'm like, wow, look how cool! And the gamers just sitting there concentrating on killing, and they never once were impressed by the look of the thing. Maybe some are, but I, you know, I don't talk to a lot of younger gamers these days. But it was always intriguing to see what this thing was going to be, what what it was going to look like, and what it takes to kill it. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't want to say what I. I'll tell you off air what I thought would be the greatest boss. Um, in oh, this case, right? Yeah, I, I can't say it here, but maybe I will some other day when you use it. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, if, if you're telling me, I'm I'm gonna try to find a way. And if we thought of the same thing, that's gonna be even funnier. Uh, but yeah, and I, don't worry, folks. I'll give you the conclusion of this conversation another time. But we're gonna talk about this off the air. Um, so Reverend is the game. Um, how do you go about distributing this? You do this on your own. Yeah, I'm doing it uh, on my own uh, via the website, mm-hmm. itch.io. That's like that name always throws me off because it's kind of weird. Uh, they allow you to, you know, like YouTube, put your thing up, uh, in this case, a, a game or a software uh, up for free, and you can kind of actually, what is it? Well, you can make people pay for it. People might be able to pay for your game or not and i've just decided to know i'm it's gonna be free and i'm gonna post all of my like development diary or dev diary up there and uh, i'm so happy that you read the one about the music yeah and i have i have so many more that you know I'm, I'm writing it as i'm doing the game so uh, we'll see when i put another one up please do yeah man um very yeah very interested um yeah it, what you, you should do it well you probably do do it what musicians and writers and uh, other people have been doing you put your stuff out for free for uh, limited and then eventually you know you you you, get, you know how to do it you've you've honed your art and then you should i'm sorry we had a conversation last night i think artists should be paid for what they do um yes. and uh, you know if you want to do this free fantastic get them enticed and then you know then put out another work and you know make them pay a little bit you know or not a GoFundMe. I, I just, I just, if you want to do it that way, but um, I just feel you should be paid for your art. All that hard work and people are just, you know, taking advantage of it, and, and then they say, "Oh, I could do this better." Oh yeah, yeah. put the time in. You know, put the time it, in. The, You'll be just I've as crazed as I and Emil are right now. Uh, yeah, you get crazed <laughs> with it. Yeah. Um, but all right, listen. This has been fun. You should tell people where to find everything you want them to find and where to go. Yeah, you can find me uh, over at like Instagram. That's the best way to like see what I'm doing or get in touch with me. And that's uh, in the in the email at GBG, mm. I guess. Okay. Uh, that's the best way to find me. Or yeah, I'm I'm in the email over at YouTube as well. And if you just want to follow uh, Reverend, it's over at itch.io. Uh, Twisted Sickle is like my game development company name that's so silly but i love it uh, nothing silly about it 
Awesome. No, I can't, you know, I want the 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 B movie feeling because it's still <laughs> a it's a B game. So, hey, I like uh, that. Hey, Brad Pitt's production company is called Plan B. Okay. Holy shit, that's hilarious. Yes, it I is. I just well, I interviewed uh, the guy that wrote the book, Mickey Seven, and the movie is going to be called Mickey Seventeen. And it is about a clone. This would be a video game. You should get on board. Maybe you can get the rights to um, a a clone who is paid, well, to die. And then he uploads his information on the death so they learn not to do that again. Um, Ed Ashton is uh, is the author. I interviewed him about four episodes ago. The movie comes out in next March. Uh, Robert Pattinson is playing the lead role. Uh, Colette, what's her name? Colette from, uh, oh, she's in it, Hereditary. Uh, Tony Collette. Tony Collette, thank you. She's in it. Um, and it's made by a prominent director. Is his name Boon Joon? Um, yeah, uh, Parasite. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's Amazing so cool. stuff. Yeah, so this guy was on. Yeah, it sounds like it would be a great video game. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. actually, now I'm terrified. Now I really make, need to make sure Reverend yeah. works. Well, uh, Plan B Productions makes the movie is making the movie. It made the movie. It's it's in post production going out. That's Brad Pitt. So yeah, you you go ahead. There's nothing wrong with B. <laughs> I I'm so certain that I, I'm very happy with the name Twisted Sickle now. If, yeah. if Brad Pitt can call his production company Plan B, which is hilarious, yeah, I love it. It is. I, I can call my Twisted Sickle. That's fine. There you go. And then that's Emil. That's Emil Levin in a nutshell, right there, man. I'm glad to see you back. <laughs> We're both back around the same time and uh, rejuvenating our creative juices here. Not to get yes. too gross. <laughs> no, it's true. It is true. And uh, thanks again for doing it. We're going to have an update with you as soon as you have more coming. Um, now, this movie, Enter, are we going to see this thing or you don't know? Uh, well, there, there's a, a teaser for what is the first part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I haven't given up on it, but I think uh, if if it's coming out, it's going to be like late next year um and of course i'm I'm gonna release it somehow we're gonna make it because i've put way too much energy and effort into it and the the actors have done that as well it's just you know we need to find a more leveled space okay. to, to understand each other before we we move further along with it but it, it's gonna come out because i love what we have so yeah <laughs> Enter and and Reverend. That's my two big things right now. All right. Well, you got work to do. We want to hear from you again. Thank you oh, for I'd coming love on. Being here. Please come. Yeah, please. Yeah, and uh, maybe I'll probably have a co-host here the next time. Uh, this early in the morning, and it is early. Sometimes, folks, we do the AM, and uh, yeah, I don't always get somebody uh, to join me. And you know, people got lives, and I've got some creative folks that work with me, and they they stay busy too. So. Um, but we look forward to everything you got going on, man. Again, great to reconnect. Oh, so I'm so happy we did. We we just need to, you know, talk you and I yeah. just for, you know, fun. Yeah, man. <laughs> and yeah, maybe do a comic book or something down the road. Oh, God. I've been I've been known I, to that, do that. <laughs> I have a thing I can talk to you about off air. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, folks, it is Halloween season, and uh, if you want to get in the mood, pick up Dr. Peeler, Demon Psychiatrist, Issue 1. Issue 2 will be at the Living Dead weekend, which I'll be at this weekend, but by the time you hear this, folks, it'll be already probably over. However, you can get Dr. Peeler. Go to Burning Bulb slash, uh, slash Comics. 
uh, com. Burning Bowl Publishing puts out Dr. Peeler. And uh, go to celebrationofspirits.com for all your artist needs, including Jess Weary's music and Bob Hoagland's art. Um, Kettle Whistle Radio could be found on Spotify and iHeartRadio, folks. Thank you so much. And I'm at Fairly Dark on Twitter, not really on there so much, trying. Um, and on Facebook, Kettle Whistle Radio. Give us, a, give us a listen, give us a like, give us whatever. And uh, this was Emil Levin's return uh, to these airwaves, and I'm glad. And I have to say goodnight now. So if you want to say goodnight and lead the way. Oh, good us, night, us dear through, listeners. Take <laughs> us through that tunnel with the flashlight, Emil. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I hope you had a, a wonderful evening uh, or listening because I had. It's always, it's always nighttime here. All right. Take care, man. Take care.
Pop culture, subculture, music, horror, sex, politics, art, and overall badass. This is Society 13, redefining podcasting. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there.